There he is, yes. Coach Chris Holtman from Ohio State Hoops. Thank you for joining the little Zoom call tonight. How you doing, Coach? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, guys. I'm good. It's good to, good to be with you. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Appreciate you guys inviting me on here. And, yeah, looking forward to it. Colin, look at the one jersey that's off above his left shoulder there. You like that? Yeah, no, I love it a lot. And like I said, later in this conversation, I'm going to ask him a little bit about his Butler time because, as I've said many hey, times. Should I tell this guy I'll call him back? Yes, please do so. <laughs> I, we really don't talk a whole lot, but I'll, tell him I, I got, I'll text him and tell him I got to call him back. How about that? That's Talking to no names right now in some uh, podcast that no one listens to yet. <laughs> we're not we're not in the izone just right now. That's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, coach, do you do you have any updates for what's going on with the facility or just things that you're hearing within the sport? There's, I feel like it's been forever since we've since we've talked too. And sorry about that. We we always love catching up with you, but anything new to report on? hoops or the season that's going to be happening hopefully in 2021? Yeah, you know, um, I, I tell you, I don't have a ton of, of, I think you guys know this, this is really, really fluid, right? It's moving. If you'd have said to me two weeks ago, hey, are you going to have a season? I'd, I would have said a full season, I'm, I'm at 70% for basketball. Um. You know, I think it's 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 so fluid in in how in how it's moving right now. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, um, I really believe there's going to be a season, full season, non-conference conference. I don't know about that, but I got to believe if football is playing a a Big Ten season, then that might be the direction we'll go. I, I think that um, I think if football is being played, we'll, we'll have a season. I, I really believe that. Um, our guys are on campus. We can get into more of that at some point. Um, workouts are very different than they've ever they've ever been, uh, as you can imagine, guys, uh, because you guys follow it and you know how summer works for college basketball. But I, I do think that there's we do not want to lose another NCAA tournament. When I say we, I think people who follow college basketball, I think college athletics. Listen, football is so vital to the economy of college athletics. You guys know that probably better than me. After that, right, is is the importance of men's basketball and the NCAA tournament to make sure that, that our programs are thriving. Yeah, Coach, I just want to ask you about uh, – I know Coach Rick Pitino's actually been talking about lately about this whole movement of moving the season to January and then kind of keeping the sanctity of having the March Madness effect. Do you think that's realistic? And if it is, how is it? You know, I think it's – I think it right now, you don't need to make that decision right now, Colin. I, I That's what I think. And I think that idea was circulated, you know – because of Rick and his stature and what he's done, I think it got a lot of publicity. But people have been thinking about that for, for a while now, really for, for a month and a half about do we just go to a conference season. Um, we don't have to make that decision yet. You know, last week I was on the phone. We were talking about the Battle for Atlantis. We were talking to the tournament organizers mm -hmm. about the Battle for Atlantis. We were still looking at 
the Bahamas as the as the you know the 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 actual location. Now I'm not sure that's going to be the case if it's going to be in the Bahamas or not. But but uh, I just think it's so early to to be making any decisions like that for for men's basketball for women's basketball. There's no need to say we're just going to go to um, to conference. But in order to plan effectively, I think there has to be a plan in place to say that, hey, if we go to conference, are we going to play 26 games, a round robin in the Big Ten? What are your games going to be limited to? There's a lot of things to, to logistics to look at. Yeah, and just on a human level, it was cool to see the AP report. I'm sure you saw how the first, like, 35 or 45 subjects, they all showed, like, a good boost to their immune system. And Dr. Fauci was saying, like, the next one is, like, some 30,000-person test. So, the, like, the medical stuff and the science, that's all all things that are going to help us get sports back. And I, I also, like, want to say, like, you guys as a, as a department, as an athletics department, you've been so, like – uniform and together with you know the the videos and things on social media you put out there you throwing the masks on and just reminding people to you know we don't know we don't know how much this stuff is going to work but if it's not too much of an inconvenience maybe you just throw the mask on when you're in a crowd of people and <laughs> hopefully we can get some of this stuff that we love back right yeah and let's be honest Tim it's not too much of an inconvenience and and that's the reality is is there is a we have a responsibility as human citizens of this world to, to to at least do our best to protect one another and it's not too much to ask to wear some type of face covering you know i'm sure it's it's an inconvenience to all of us but the reality is is if it would help us all have college sports but more importantly if it would limit the spread, which we know it has, science has proven that. You know, I, I got criticized, you know, you, you're going to get criticized when you, I don't see how wearing a mask is controversial, just like I, I don't understand how saying things like Black Lives Matter is controversial. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But it's in the day and age we live in. Um, what I will say is, is, uh, I just think it's incumbent upon all of us to, to think about your neighbor right now. And if wearing a mask matters, regardless of sports or not, let's, let's try to do our part. And uh, no one wants to see anybody get sick uh, with, with, with COVID. No one wants to see that. I actually wanted to follow up on the topic you were talking about. You were discussing the location of the Battle for Atlantis because I saw that actually the Cancun Classic already determined they're moving back to Florida with it. And you said you've had discussions about it in terms of, I don't know if you can give a timeline, but is there kind of like, is that coming close where you guys need to get serious about talking about staying there versus moving it back, maybe Florida or some different location? Is there a date you're saying? Not, not necessarily a date, but is it like, is, well, is the hypothetical date moving closer and closer for you guys? I think so. I think so. Yeah. And I, I think the international travel is the concern there, mm -hmm. you know, can you can you travel internationally? Does it even make sense to travel internationally in the middle of a pandemic? Right when you when you think about that a little bit, um, does that make sense for for our guys to put our guys in harm's way, um, or or potentially to go through? I, that, I just 
So I think, but having said that, um, you know, what, what tournament organizers like the Battle for Atlantis would tell you is, hey, uh, the Bahamas has less cases per capita than some of the locations in the United States that you would potentially move your tournament. So what we're trying to do is stay in regular communication with them and with some of the other tournament participants to see what everybody else is thinking. Because if they, you know, if, if a couple teams decide to pull out, well then, you know, everybody's scrambling at that point. I don't, I don't think that'll happen. I think we'll all try to stay together. Uh, but, but would I, do I have the sense that it's going to be in the Bahamas? I think it's very much up in the air, but I, I, I've not heard that one way or the other. I just think, does it make sense right now? And I think a lot of, a lot of, Athletic directors and administrators and coaches are asking, does international travel make sense in November or in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah, I, you're right. It's kind of where, where everything is right now. Guys, if you're just joining us, if you're just checking in, we got a little uh, Mad About Hoops podcast special here on YouTube Live. Down there is the head basketball coach at Ohio State, Chris Holtman, my guy, Colin Berenger, Evil Bald Colin. I'm Timmy Hall, you guys know. And uh, thanks for being with us. We're going to dub this into the podcast, too, but this will be the cooler way to uh, go back and get it so it'll stay up on our YouTube page. But, you know, the, going on just with kind of what basketball is going to look like, I did you get a sense from the basketball tournament? Did that give you any sort of positive vibes? Well, I didn't think that it was going to happen. Like, when I read their strict protocols, how the one negative test was going to take a team out. I honestly, like, with looking around, I didn't think they'd be able to play the, the tournament. And you just saw them finish it, and they crowned a champion. So that was cool. Yeah. They did a heck of a job. When you talk to uh, Carmen's crew and some of our some of our guys, and Andrew Dockage obviously is on our staff, and when you talk to guys that were participating, and the TBT, did a, they did a phenomenal job with it. And and they showed that it can be done, that it, that it can be done, that you can put – uh, a tournament like that in a bubble setting together and quarantine everybody. It's inconvenienced uh, everybody. Listen, I've talked to NBA personnel right now. Um, they don't love being away from their families for as long as two and a half, three months. Um, that's a challenge. That's what's required of them right now. Um, but I, I think that that's why you see guys, a lot of these conferences going to, conference-only opponents because you know the testing that's going on there, all the protocols in place, um, and, and, it, and you, you, like, you know, and you don't know with, with maybe some of the other teams or programs we would play. Um, but I, I think, it, 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 you know, there would be a uniformity to all that. You know, I think I've heard people talk about the idea of, hey, could you simulate the bubble for college basketball, send everybody to, you know, Indy or Atlanta or wherever. I don't, I don't know if that's feasible, um, but I think everybody's looking at, look at, looking at everything right now. Coach, I want to ask more about the player side of things, especially with your two freshmen coming in and Eugene Brown and then uh, Zed Key. How are they adjusting to in this time? It's not typical for a summer to come in and you can't get with your team right away. Yeah. How have they been adjusting? 
It's different now, guys. When you come into our facility, you guys have seen the the, the sign out uh, basketball sign outside of of where our practice gym is at. When you walk in right now uh, to that area, there's a table set up. Uh, you get your temperature checked. Uh, you have to fill out a little bit of form online on your phone, talking about any symptoms you may have had. There is a uh, the hallway is now separated, and there are arrows pointing. Um, you know, you can walk down this way. You can come back this way. Uh, do we always follow that? Not necessarily, but that's to, to create some type of organization and some type of, of, of social distancing. Only three guys or four guys, we've now upped it a little bit, can be in the weight room at one time. So you got to wait outside the weight room. In the gym, you can't congregate in the gym right now initially it was just a couple guys one at a basket one coach at a basket so those guys have had our our new guys our freshmen have had a real it's unlike anything we've ever experienced um and they've had three-day weekends and last weekend they had a five-day weekend where we couldn't see them touch them do anything for five days thursday friday saturday sunday monday they were off so uh, what it's created for those guys is the ability to connect and bond with their teammates. I really like Eugene Brown and Zed Key. I really like our two freshmen. I really do. Zed's this 6'8", 245-pound, strong kid. People have compared him to Terrence Dials on our, you know, on our staff now. Terrence was maybe a little bit longer. Um, Zed... Uh, has the ability to, he's got to learn to defend fours right now. He can defend probably fives in our league. So there's got to be some versatility. It's got to grow in his part, but he can shoot it. He can score in the post. He's physical. He rebounds the ball. Eugene Brown, I'm really excited about him. Six, 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 nine wingspan uh, can really shoot it. There'll be a transition for those guys. As we know, um, Eugene had an injury. He's, he's healthy now. But uh, they look, uh, when you look at them, you know, they look like high-level Division One bodies. And uh, I just am, I'm excited because I think they've flown a little bit under the radar, and that's fine. You know, both guys were around the top 100, so they weren't like a top 50 kid necessarily. That's sometimes people fly under the radar. Tomorrow Baldwin also went under the radar, and look how he turned out. That's right. He sure did. Yeah, and Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott actually reminds me a lot of how – when I watch at least Eugene plays the three and D type of wing guy, same length. So what he kind of reminds me of all. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Sean reminds you of who? Eugene a little bit. Yeah. I think they kind of have some similarities in their game. Gene, no doubt. No doubt. Gene's right now, his, his dimensions, his physical dimensions. When you look at him in person, you're going to say, wow, he's six, six, you know, six, nine wingspan. He's a specimen can shoot it defensively is probably where he can come in and impact right now our, our level. He'll have to work on ball handling and understanding um, that the pace of this game. His dad did a great job coaching him. But, yeah, I'm just really excited about his growth and development. Uh, it may not be immediate. You know, Sean, um, Sean got injured. You know, he got sick, so we had to redshirt Sean. But Sean turned into a terrific – uh, college player, five years, and he just signed a six-figure overseas deal. Kamar, 
at Butler, top uh, 120. He was like 130, 135 in the country. And now he's got a legitimate chance of playing in the NBA, a legitimate, I mean, a real shot at it. Um, so, uh, the, you know, th- those are those are examples of guys that uh, have – and I, I love the character of these two guys. I really do. You got such an interesting-looking team that's we, – we talked before. It's, it's crazy to think about – you know, guys transferring, how you lose two Wessons. Some of the stuff is just coming out of the blue. But yet when you look at who's incoming and who is already like sitting on the bench with a red shirt and now ready to go, it's, it's wild. All, all these guys, though, I had to ask you this. This came from Brandon. This came from uh, the Beamer on the show tonight. You wanted to know how much do you love EJ Liddell? Love him. Love him. Love him as a kid. Love coaching him. Love his potential. He's undersized, but it's hard to it's hard to tell that, you know, because of what he gets done. Just love the kid. I mean, I, I, I really like I really like our team. It's it's easy to coach CJ Walker. You know, CJ Walker's gonna he's about the right stuff. He's gonna work. He, you know, he came back. He knows he's gotta get in a little bit better shape. He's working at it every day. Uh, EJ, tremendous family for EJ Liddell. I think he's got to ch- – listen, if we're going to be what we hope to be, if we're going to have a good year, EJ Liddell's got to take a significant jump. You guys know that. He's got to. And I believe he will. I really believe he will. Um, he's going he's gonna to need to, and I totally believe he will. Coach, there's just so many fun dynamics looking at the roster of your team, and especially I want to talk about Abel Porter real quick. I just used a couple of player comps in the previous question, but I think he could have somewhat of an Andrew Dockage role for you. Could, do you see something like that? How do you envision using him? I, I, I really like Abel. Uh, we brought him because when we were recruiting, and understand this, you know, right, we're tied into our program. So we knew, you know, we knew there could be some, some, some movement. Obviously, we, know, we knew that, that, that uh, DJ had left our team. So we knew there could be some uh, some movement. We knew Luther wanted just wanted more shots and more wanted the ball in his hands a little bit more than we had kind of went with CJ and Dwayne. So we were we knew that we knew we were going to need to add another guard who was comfortable in the role backing up. Thanks again for listening in to the podcast form of our interview with the head men's basketball coach of Ohio State, Chris Holtman. You can catch most of the rest of this interview on our YouTube page at 97.1 The Fan. Check it out there. I think the audio got cut off a little bit, which is why I'm hopping on here. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Mad About Hoops.